Cleary. Yes, Katie? How did the pirate find out that he needed glasses? Oh, no. Um, uh, he, he couldn't see? He took an eye exam. He took an eye <laughs> exam. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you for that one. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Gentleman Pirates Library, a podcast covering every episode of the HBO show Our Flag Means Death. I'm Katie. And I'm Mary. Today we'll be taking a deep dive into episode 10, Wherever You Go, There You Are, or the one where Steed enters his folklore era and Ed enters his reputation era. (laughs) But first, let's have a look at the results of our Twitter poll. Today we asked you, who in episode nine do you relate to the most? And uh, if we remember, it's Ed trying to save his relationship, Steed running away from his relationship, Alawande, who was trying not to be a leader, and Izzy, who was very much trying to take over. Yeah, I mean... I, I'm just going to give away the punchline, but unsurprisingly, <laughs> 0% <laughs> related to Izzy, which was not surprising. But I have to say that that little hand gesture and that hi <laughs> was relatable to me, although I did not vote in this one. It's good to know that we don't have a listenership of megalomaniacs, honestly. Honestly, yes. There you go. (laughs) This is not a surprise in any way, shape, or form. And if anything, it's a reassurance. Yes. So people related to Ed the most at 36.7%. The next was Alawande at 33.3%. And uh, Steed came in with 30%. So it was a pretty... It was Even. pretty close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it seems like our three leading characters in that episode mm-hmm. were universally loved. Yes. Well, that's good. And Izzy universally hated. As he should be. But he As he deserves. That, so that's of okay. Course, there you go. <laughs> oh, we'll be talking about that today. <laughs> All right. Well, are we ready to dive into this episode? Yes. Um, so one last time for this season, I sort of wanted to ask you if you had any general thoughts and impressions about this episode before we jump in. Yeah. Um, so do you remember my Romeo and Juliet analogy from last episode? Yeah. Um, so this was like watching Juliet wake up while Romeo drinks the poison. Oh my gosh. I know. (laughs) So yeah, like you're right. Deed is like coming to this realization and going through and doing the work. Like he's mm-hmm. putting the work in, he's yeah. figuring it out, but he didn't communicate to Ed any of that. He didn't say, Hey, I've got to go back and make this right and I'll return to you or any yeah. or or we'll see. Mm-hmm. And Ed has just is just drowning. Mm-hmm. And you're like watching both of these happen and you're like, Hurry up, Steed, hurry. Yeah, exactly. And if is it too late? We don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, from what I understand, I don't think that Steed was just temporarily going back to his yeah. life with his wife. I believe right. that in his mind at the moment, 
he was going back for good mm. to repent for his sins, to atone for his quote unquote sins. Um, yeah. So I'm not entirely sure how, yeah, there you go. So that communication with Ed, I think would have been yeah. just as painful, yeah. but I, I completely yeah. agree with you that this is, this is the moment where Juliet wakes up and sees that Romeo mm. is uh, no longer. And honestly, if I'm thinking myself about this episode, like I'm, I, I see so much despair Mm -hmm. Um, basically every character is kind of pushed to their limit here. And I'm going to yeah. elaborate on how that manifests in each character as we go through. Okay. Since we're now done with season one, I started reading some commentary, particularly from black and indigenous folks on Tumblr and that mm -hmm. Tumblr post that you sent me in particular yeah. is where I started. And Isn't that good? It's amazing. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. And I sort of want to check myself because in our conversation in the last episode, I was paralleling the journey of Ed and Steed in terms of walking away from one another and then coming back. And I sort mm -hmm. of implied, no, I didn't sort of implied. I fully implied that the betrayal was the same when it's really not. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk mm -hmm. about that. Uh, and we're going to link the posts that made me realize that. So I just wanted to okay. check yeah. myself there. Okay. So... We start out in the episode where with Mary, and it's a voiceover oh. from Mary, and she is starfished on the bed, <laughs> like she's in the center of the bed, arms and legs akimbo. Um, I hard relate to this because my spouse would go out of town for three months um, in the winter for like ten years. Okay, and. I was so, you know, I was used to sharing a bed. And then in those three months, I slept in the middle of the bed. And, you know, they would always come back and remark that I was very reluctant to give up the rest of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we called it. We called it starfishing out. So, like, when they would wake up and I was still asleep, they'd kind of nudge me and be like, you can starfish out now. <laughs> yeah. So I was that's like, so oh. And also in, in regards to that and parenting, um, I really took to the life where I was in complete control of things. Like, mm -hmm. um, instead of having to battle for dominance of who wants to do what, like the house was cleaner. The kids were a little bit happier, like, cause I was the one calling the shots and there was not, no one to say, actually, we should do this. And so, yeah, I, I really, really relate to Mary here. Yeah. It was always it was always a challenge to come back when when my spouse came back to figure out those roles again. So. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, I so I I parent my my 8-year-old alone and mm -hmm. the worst thing is having to call all the shots, but the best thing is getting to call all the shots. Mm, it That's is. Yeah. Usually how I talk about it. <laughs> Well, and, so. and it's true. Like I'm, I'm focusing on the positive about my mm -hmm. spouse being gone, but like, it's also the hardest three months of the years for mm -hmm. me. So, yeah. But, but I see, I see the freedom that you're finding in it. And mm -hmm. I, I relate to that. And I think, I think that that represents how Mary feels very well as well. Yes. Yeah. So she is, she's loving it. She says oh, that yeah. the kids are happier. You know, it's funny because I will point out, like, she knows he wasn't dead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, like, oh, yeah. it is a little bit disingenuous to be like, being a widow is great, you know. And 
And it's like, but honey, you know he's not dead, right? And it, maybe she just assumed he went out and got himself killed immediately. Fair. <laughs> Which, honestly, honestly, I mean... fair assumption. Fair assumption. Yeah, Which is. would have happened had, had Ed not, you know, intervened. Right. Right. She's playing with the children. She's much freer than we see that we'd seen of her in the past, you know, when, but this could have been Steed's narration. Like we never saw mm -hmm. her play with the kids. We never saw her really smile. Um, but it also, we were seeing that through the lens, through Steed's eyes. Yeah, so. exactly. She's painting. She's meeting with other widows. Um, mm -hmm. She said the sense of community was so great and yeah. she's encouraging other widows to be happy and thrive. One thing that I find interesting in that scene where the widows are like in her living room mm -hmm. uh, is that there are, if I counted correctly, there are seven women in that living room. Um, okay. Yeah. Which, which is, is interesting because I mentioned that I had taken a class about uh, the precursor to the feminist discourse, which was mm -hmm. called pro-woman uh, discourse at the time. And there's mm -hmm. this foundational piece, I guess, that was written by Moderata Fonte. I'm so sorry for my Italian. It is terrible. <laughs> and it was called The Worth of Women. And basically that, that piece is a play of women meeting together and talking about huh. um, the, basically the treatment of women in their own modern society of late 16th mm -hmm. century Venice. And they talk about like the privilege of being a widow, the burden of being married, the dangers of being unmarried, etc. And mm -hmm. it basically looks like Mary is hosting a pro-woman event in her own living room. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I say pro-woman because feminist is not a concept that feminism is not a concept yeah. that existed at the time. That's the only reason why. Right. Yeah, that's really, it's really cool. And, and she seems to be spearheading it, like never apologize. <sighs> you know, we're here and they're not, yeah. you know, <laughs> and this is when Steed comes in barefoot. <laughs> oh God. Um, I will point out, um, the, the widow Evelyn mm -hmm. is played by, uh, Kristen Johnston and she's really good. I love her character. Uh, she was, she was on like third rock from the sun. She's been in a few other things. Mm -hmm. Uh, she's a really great comedian. So I mean, she's got this eye patch and like yes. cigarette and the cigarette holder. Like she's just, she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going to talk about her, I have questions. I have so many mm -hmm. questions because like <laughs> I, I need to talk about how badly I want her and Spanish Jackie to meet. Oh Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> the eye patch just plays into the pirate trope and we haven't seen it on any pirate. So yeah, like we see was it on her. she a pirate? Like mm -hmm. did she also fake her death? Like I just have That's so amazing. many questions. And I love how mm -hmm. much personality they injected into this character in so yeah. little screen time. Yeah, yeah, she's great. I really enjoyed her throughout this whole episode. Oh yeah, absolutely. Murder is a natural cause. <laughs> Murder. <laughs> Such a good line. So Steed comes in barefoot and says, darling, I'm home. Oof. And Mary throws up. <laughs> as Which she should. So <laughs> It's so funny because I was not expecting it. And it just yeah. burst out <laughs> laughing when it happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, so now they cut to them sleeping. And he is, he is in the middle of the bed, which is yeah. different 
than how they slept before. So it's kind of showing that both of them, neither of them are used to sleeping with another person just yet again, Mm -hmm. but he's dominating it and she's like barely hanging on to the edge of the bed. Mm -hmm. It feels like he's sort of like recuperating his privilege of being a man in a relationship with a woman. Well, and it's also so symbolic of, of the, of the oxygen he's taking out of the room. Yes. Yes, for sure. Coming back into this house and just Mm -hmm. making his presence known and saying he's the head of the house still. And it's like, no, no, buddy, you didn't earn that title. Yeah, no, exactly. You literally left this household (laughs) to go be a pirate. (laughs) Right. And, but then he wakes up and he's like, oh, that was a good night's sleep, but you haven't really slept until you've done it on the ocean. So he's not like, oh, I'm so glad to be home. This Mm -hmm. was so much better than it was. He's still like wistfully remembering his time on the ocean. And Mm -hmm. she's like, well, then go back there, dude. Yep. (laughs) We're all wanting him to go back there. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So then he's telling stories at breakfast. The kids are completely unimpressed. The daughter seems angry. The son asks, who are you again? (laughs) Oh, and that's kind of like, you know, our whole conversation about Steed and his changing perception of his family. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me, like it's solved. Like the kids aren't happy to see him. So I guess like, right. The memories of them are skewed to make himself look better, much like his journal and what he was dictating to Lucius at sea. Right. Um, I mean, but, you know, solved in a, in a really sad way. Like he doesn't want his children to have that pain of a father that abandoned him. So I think Mm -hmm. he wants to try to come to some resolution and they end up doing that. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It it ends on like a good note, quote unquote. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It feels strange, but like it's, it's necessary you know, for the story. So yeah, like, I think so too. they're just like <laughs> hand wavy, like, yeah, and the children are fine. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, the kids are okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about the children. <laughs> he shows them the petrified orange. So mm-hmm. he brought that with him. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> the son asks, isn't Doug my father? <laughs> <laughs> and Mary's like, no, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> And so it turns out Doug is her painting instructor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Painting yeah. instructor. Mm-hmm. Could have like replaced it with like Pilates instructor, yeah. yoga instructor, <laughs> golf instructor. Like it's just right. the, the trope of like the whatever yeah. instructor, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, we cut to the revenge. And Izzy is lying about Blackbeard. At first, he's like, Blackbeard's doing great. He's in great spirits. He's just really sick and blah, blah, blah. And so Frenchie was like, so he's sick but doing well? And Izzy's kind of like, shut up. Yeah. Frenchie is kind of like calling him out on it. (laughs) Yeah. So he's making the crew do some work. Um, Not as heavy-handed as he's been before. Now, Mm -hmm. of course, he like spits his coffee out and makes them swab the deck again but (laughs) what an asshole yeah he was like hey why don't you all do some more work instead of do this right now you know blackbeard has requested lucius to come to his chambers and izzy's like whatever you see in there you don't get to breathe a word of it Mm. (laughs) and lucius is like okay (laughs) 
Um, we find out Jim is back. No explanation. I need to understand this. I need to understand <laughs> how they came back. Did they just swim? <laughs> yeah. Does how it did matter? this happen? Yeah, it Look, I know at it the end matter. of this episode, Steve gets on a boat, <laughs> rows his ass to the middle of the ocean, and goes to the marooned island. Like, <sighs> Ed you have a got on a boat and rowed his ass to the middle of the ocean and found the revenge last episode. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So let's just it. say that Jim is an excellent swimmer. Yes. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> Spanish Jackie took her fleet and found the revenge and dropped, dropped Jim off. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Spanish Jackie was like, go find, uh, go find go your person. Find. <laughs> yes, please. So yeah, Jim is back. No explanation. Just standing in their room. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> and Alawande so walks in as if it's the first time he's seen them. So... <laughs> I, I love, love it. They're like, show. look, we have 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to explain that. We need Jim back. And so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Jim wants to know what Alawande has done to the room. Um, so apparently the Frenchie Wee John didn't work out and they gave Alawande back the room uh, because it had bad juju after the raid is what they said. And so Jim asked, well, why'd you give it away in the first place? And Alawande said it's because he missed Jim. And then that's mm. when Jim Mouth attacks him. So Yeah, there you go. It's like, <laughs> yes, finally, some yeah, sort finally. of resolution. <laughs> they're like, this is this is their consolation prize. No, well, they're not a consolation prize. But this is their offering to us that's like, look, I know we're hurting you really badly with Steed. And yeah, then exactly. here's Jim and Alawande. <laughs> well, I also think that in a way, it's kind of a way to get our hopes up. You know, like, oh, okay, like there's yeah. some resolution there now. Resolution with Ed and Steed. Yes. David Jenkins, I shake my fist at you. (laughs) I still can't believe that people watched and enjoyed this show and hyped it so much, not knowing if there was going to be another season. Like, at least I got to sit here and watch this knowing that there was going to be another season. That's true. I mean, (laughs) yeah. I mean, okay. I, I choose to have, even if they had said, like, no more, no more Our Flag Means Death, yes. I would absolutely choose a very positive interpretation of the ending. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm not the best consumer of media. Actually, I might be the best consumer of media for them because, like, they always have me hanging with the angst. I'm like, but yeah. what if they don't come back together? <laughs> but what if? And so, like, even when I read, like, fanfic or something where I know the author's going to give me a happy ending, I'm like, but what if they don't? <laughs> but what if they don't? You know, and so I'm always really just in the moment with the angst. Yeah, and it just I get really that. drives me crazy. All up in my feels about all this stuff, so. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's designed that way, so yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's a normal reaction yeah, they're probably to it. happy with it. Yeah, and exactly. Most people are like, eh, I see through this. And I'm like, I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So Steed is being shown Mary's studio and uh, yeah. he's, you know, backhanded compliments and just kind of surprised that she was able to accomplish any of this stuff. I, You see it as backhanded compliments? Yeah, a yeah. little bit, I think. Okay. Yeah. Did you not? 
it's not that I don't. I think that the surprise, you know how for the lighthouse, like it was really like, oh, did yeah. the kids do this? But now that he's seeing the amount that she's producing, he's like, mm. oh, really? Like it's, I think it's the first time that he's kind of taking her seriously. Oh, okay. Or at least that's how oh. I saw it. No, that's fine. Probably have to, I want to rewatch that. He yeah. seems happy with it until he sees the flyer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So the flyer says that she's the widow bonnet and he mm-hmm. kind of takes exception to that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, it's not really your name anymore, is it? She's like, well, yeah. it is. <laughs> and I think it's important to note that Doug is in this scene. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like Steed knows about Doug and Mary in that moment. You know, like mm-hmm. he finds out yeah. for sure later, but like this, I think he knows because he might be oblivious when it came to Ed earlier in the series, but he knows what's mm-hmm. going on between Doug and Mary. And I think yeah. that he's not really jealous per se, but like now that he's decided to take an interest in Mary's work, like he's upset to not be included. He's upset that she's calling right. herself the widow. And like, this is something that we see and I'm going to choose my words carefully, but that we see in relationships that uphold really traditional roles for men and women. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking broadly and stereotypically, but situations where uh, the woman tries and tries and tries and the man withdraws more and more until the woman decides that she's done. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is Mary deciding that she's done and she will vocalize it later. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want Steed involved because he's never supported her essentially. Right. Yeah. So we go to the revenge. Lucius is walking into Steed's room, oh. Steed's old room, I guess. The windows are completely covered by these like red drapes. Mm-hmm. The same way that it was in his old ship that we still don't know what happened yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll never know. <laughs> no, it's just gone. <laughs> um, Blackbeard it calls to him because he can't find him in the dark. And he's like, I'm, I'm in the blanket fort. Oh, the blanket fort. <laughs> and he's wearing Steed's robe. Uh, that beautiful, like, maroon with the birds on it. Yeah. And he says he's composed some lyrics and he wants Lucius <gasps> to write them down. <laughs> it's so bad. It's, like, the most emo, sad. <laughs> he's oh, such a sad boy. He is a sad boy. The saddest yeah. boy. Oh, my goodness. He says, hanging on by a oh. thread. Hanging on. Shouldn't let go. If I let go, all will fall. Fingers bleeding down to the bone now. Can't let go. Nothing makes sense. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> but like we know that pain, right? We all know that pain. Yes. Oh, And yes. it's like so relatable because it seems so pathetic when you're looking at it from the outside. But oh, when you're yeah. living it, it is the worst pain mm-hmm. or some of the worst pain that you can imagine. And Lucius isn't unkind here. I know. You know, he, I think he gets it. He says, uh, Blackbeard asks, you know, you hate it, don't you? And Lucius says, my God, hate is such a strong and wrong word. You know, Aww. so he's like, no, honey, I'm feeling for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually thinking back to Lucius saying that he's great at breakups. Yes. 
Right? I thought that too in this moment. I was yeah. like, oh, he said he's great at breakups. Like he has, he has been there for several people. He knows the different stages of it. Exactly. Yeah. And like he gave Steed what he needed in the moment, which was mm-hmm. like, you know, closure, like making sure that Ed didn't come back and, unless he was sure. And now mm-hmm. he's showing that he's also giving Ed what he needs, which is tenderness yeah. and and hope for future without yeah. Steed, right? Right. Oh. He says, what's happening in the song? Like, why are you hanging on? And here's where Ed is like, no, it's not about me. It's someone else. Fictional. Yeah. And, you know, Lucius immediately is like, oh, okay. Is this what we're doing then? (sighs) This is like the basics of like theater, uh, like any kind of like art therapy (laughs) or like theater therapy. Like, (laughs) yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm And he's like, okay, so is this fictional character having a hard time? Yeah, exactly. And Ed starts to cry and says, oh. yeah, maybe. Oh, baby. So if we look at who he's been vulnerable to, it's been Steed and it's been Lucius. Yeah. Yeah. You and know, I think and that that is really important for what happens later in the episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I need to write about that, actually. And so Lucius suggests that maybe it's best that he just let go. Yeah. And Ed asks, do you mean just curl up into a ball and die? Mm. (laughs) I was like, oh no, oh no. And he says, what if it's not a death? What if life just begins again? And this is so, I mean, Lucius, baby, you're so good at this. He really is. He really is. Yeah. He's he's saying, let's reframe this. <laughs> you know? mm. you, you're going to keep going and you're going to be okay. Like this hurts for now and it'll get better. You know, I just, oh, he was so good at it. Yeah, there you go. Like he gave him like a kind of like a safe landing space. Yeah. To be like, yeah. it's normal that this hurts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. We cut to Steed discovering he's been painted out of the family portrait. Mm-hmm. Probably by Mary herself. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about it, but I love it. I love it. I mean, like, why would she, this beautifully talented painter, why would she take it to someone to get it painted out? Like, she would Fair. just do it herself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or maybe Doug did it. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. Does Doug even like, know how to paint? You. <laughs> We never is see he, it. Is he really a painting instructor? Is he just oh some dude? <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Either way, all the power to Mary. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. We cut to him dining alone, and this yeah. just killed me. Like across the table is the petrified orange. And he's he looks at it and asks, How was your day, Edward? So oh. Oh. Yeah. Steed, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Like, what are you doing? <sighs> and he goes uh, walking on the grounds at night and he discovers Mary uh, having sex with with Doug. Yeah. And we don't, <laughs> we don't see it. We see his reaction to it. He, like, puts a ladder up to, like, this really tall window and discovers it. Like, dude, you knew what was happening in there. Right. <laughs> like, he did knew, you really he knew need? what was going on. Like... <laughs> Mm -hmm. Uh, the next day at breakfast it's just them and she's at the end of the table with this huge newspaper in front of her face like Mm -hmm. not wanting to speak to him and he asks if there's anything she wants to tell him and she's like no actually but I will say this you're home 
Fine. We're married. All right. We made a contract in front of God, and I am bound to honor that. But in your absence, I've managed to create a life that I quite like, and I won't destroy that life because you've decided to unabandon your family on a whim. Yeah. Valid points all around. <laughs> I know. I have, I have no notes for this part. Yep, honestly. No notes whatsoever. Yep. And uh, Steve yeah. says he objects to the word whim. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> but that is such. Oh, I'm huffing and puffing, <laughs> but like that is him. such. Oh my god. Yeah, and Only I mean, a privileged to, person like, would say that something like that, honestly. right? Like, ugh. and and if you want to really like give him a little bit of credit to say like, well, it wasn't on a whim because I thought about it for months and months, and I had a damn ship built, so it's yeah. not like I just ran out in the middle of the night, but like. As far as Mary knew, it was a whim. So, And I mean, of all of the things that are being said here, you're going to focus on a technicality? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Like, He's trying to get out of it. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. He's trying to like poke holes in the argument, but really mm-hmm. everything else was correct. Right. So she tells him that the showing's at six and I won't be home for dinner. And he says, do you even want me to attend? And I'm like, buddy, I don't think you were ever invited. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> <sighs> uh, um, back on the revenge, Lucius walks into Alawande and Jim's room uh, to like kind of shit talk about what's going on with, with Ed and didn't know that Jim was back. And it, all, all of one day and Jim are, you know, post coital snuggling. Yeah. And they flip out and they're like, there's a sock on the door. And Lucius is like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but I just love that all of one day hides his chest. <laughs> yeah. It was really cute. I was like, oh, like, sweetie baby. <laughs> I know. And so Lucius says, we're having a thing on the deck for the captain. And leaves. And we cut to Blackbeard still in the robe on the deck. Everyone's around him. Frenchie's playing the guitar. Yeah. And Blackbeard is singing his song. Oh. <laughs> and this is a different song. This isn't the lyrics of the one that he had Lucius write down. No, and this so is track like two on his. Track two. <laughs> track two. Maybe he took a little bit of advice. He says, just let go. Make yourself let go. Make it go away. Away, away today. Oh. Life's a hard, sad death. And then you're dead. <laughs> Poor baby. He's hurting. Okay. Oh, he's so, so hurting. So much pain. But I honestly, like in the in this whole scene, like as it progresses, like I just love that the entire crew is so supportive of him. They're like, so sweet. So supportive. Except for Izzy, of course, because of the I mean, nature of, of his character. But, right. like, they're all telling him how much they appreciate him, you know, like, yeah. laying himself bare. Because that's the thing, right? Like, by being gentle with himself, Ed is also being gentle with those around him and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. And even Ivan and Fang. So, like, yeah. people from his original crew. Yeah. Fang just looks delighted when they talk about doing a talent show. Oh, I know. You know. And so, yeah, they're all clapping for him. I mean, they're all a little weirded out, but it's because of the persona he had before and how he, you know, what he's doing now. Yeah. It's more like the contrast between the expectations and the reality um, than it is because of the actual action. 
Right. But yeah, they're all so excited about the talent show. Mm-hmm. And we John calls calls him Ed. He says, Great stuff, Ed. And Izzy flips out and is like, his name is Captain or Blackbeard. Ed says, no, actually, I want to be called Edward. Yeah. And notice that like Izzy is far, like physically far from the rest of the crew. Yeah. Which is really interesting, like how he positions himself. And he's sitting, which Mm -hmm. Izzy doesn't usually sit. He's kind of defeated. He's kind of like, what the hell am I going to (laughs) do? Like he's literally become using less space and becoming smaller in this moment. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's a cute little bit with with buttons saying that because uh, Ed offers up like Lucius's talents like, oh, he can he can write down anything you want. Mm -hmm. And and buttons was like, oh, you can't write down mine or just sounds. And he's like Mm -hmm. making like whale sounds. And so that's when Ed decides to have a talent show. Right. And like, honestly, just to come back to buttons super briefly, like Mm -hmm. I love that Ed is so supportive of him because like. Buttons is still hurting from the loss of Carl. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't think about that. Right? (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, you're so talented. Instead of like, that was weird. He's like, yeah, "Yeah, look at you all. You're so talented. He was so excited. So we should have a talent show to express yourselves. Like Mm -hmm. that, like not to impress me to do anything to express yourself. Which is kind of what Steed was having them do in episode one. Yeah, it reminded me so much of of the crafting of the flags because, Mm -hmm. you know, this crew really thrives when you give them like a craft or a task or something to to put together. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so instead of being like pissed off about it, like they were with the flags, they're like so excited now. Except for Izzy, of course. Well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Izzy has to be upset about it. Like it's part of his character. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so we cut back to the the uh, art show. Mary is preparing everything. And, and if, um, I, if I may, I'm so sorry to interject very briefly, but like I'm amazed at the transition from like we should have a talent show to her exhibition. Yeah, I loved that, too. I love that parallel. That's like, yeah. look at us expressing ourselves. Look exactly. at our creativity. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and that's the thing. I'm not entirely sure what it means. Like, maybe the curtains are just blue here. But I sort of find it interesting that in Steed's absence, Mary focused herself on painting. And now Ed Mm -hmm. wants to focus himself on singing and songwriting. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I saw it more as, like, just the value of creativity and how much you can really blossom with it. I agree. Completely. Yes, absolutely. I think that's really cool. And so she's kind of getting everything ready and is talking to the widow Evelyn and says, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it would have been better if he would have died. And she's like, well, I can make that happen. <laughs> it would have been so much better. I love her yes. accent. I don't know what it, where it's oh, yes. from. but like. It's wonderful. Uh, it turns out widow Evelyn's husband was the undertaker. I'm a little <laughs> curious as to like, is she the undertaker now? Or is there a different undertaker? Like she seems to wield some sort of power. I mean, she had a corpse. I, maybe it's her son. I am yeah, 100. I like, I hope that there is more to the widow Evelyn. <laughs> yes, I yeah. hope that she has some sort of stashed treasure or like that. Yeah. You know, I don't know, but I hope that they're going to use this character more. Because I would take a spinoff with widow Evelyn and Spanish Jackie. Yes. Any day. Absolutely. <laughs> 
The sapphic version of our flag means death. <laughs> yes, please. Love it. <laughs> we cut to Steed, and he's kind of like a pub. Mm-hmm. And an old schoolmate of his sees him. He was asking him, like, oh, are the rumors true? And Steed seems to be prepared to be made fun of. And instead, he's like, no, it was so cool. Like, hey, everybody, it's the gentleman pirate. It really is him. Like he, mm-hmm. And so he's getting a little bit of notoriety. Yeah. Uh, but they just kind of want to hear, like, the crazy violent stuff. Like, they want yeah. to be impressed, kind of like he was, you know, when he was first learning about pirates. And he's telling these stories. I find this hard to talk about because I don't like Steed in this moment. Like, I'm just so disappointed with him. I'm disappointed with him in a lot of, in this whole episode. Like, I'm just kind of like. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Just like I was disappointed with Blackbeard and Calico Jack. Like, Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing. Okay, so you're bringing up, you're bringing this up, which I brought up like at the very beginning of the episode, like. Um, so there's a Tumblr post that we're going to put in the uh, show notes mm-hmm. uh, that really made me think about how I compared the two situations and kind of, Im- no, again, not kind of, implied yeah. that um, they were the same. Right. And the thing is, like, I'm just kind of going to break down how I now look at this scene and how... Mm-hmm. It's not the same <laughs> okay. um, because Steed is in a situation where he's that he's basically been chasing his entire life where he's a hero of a story mm-hmm. and he's got like a bunch of guys in a pub clinging to his every word, just amazed mm-hmm. by his ex- exploits. And when it comes time to talk about Ed, the second, the second that he realizes that he's lovely isn't what those people want to hear, he immediately mm-hmm. mischaracterizes him. Yeah. And I think that the betrayal is twofold. One of Ed as his friend, as his lover, as a person, but also mm-hmm. of Ed as an indigenous person. Because yeah. Steed is a white landowner at a table with a bunch of other white men of similar mm-hmm. stature. Mm-hmm. And he's calling his indigenous boyfriend a bloodthirsty killer. Like it really feeds into the yeah. the many stereotypes about indigenous men. And honestly, in that moment, Steed is no better than Izzy, who yep. loves the persona more than he loves the person. Like mm-hmm. imagine Ed hearing this. Imagine him hearing Steed calling him a bloodthirsty killer for mm-hmm. clout. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he shaved his beard off for him. He, you know, raised a white flag and surrendered for him. Mm -hmm. You know, he faced all of this down for him and he's being reduced to something he never wanted to be. And now he's being doubly chased by colonial forces of which Mm -hmm. Steed is currently a part of because of what he gave up for Steed. Mm hmm. Yeah. The the betrayal of Steed is is much bigger than than what Ed did yeah. with Calico Jack. Yeah. He never he never forsook Steed for Calico Jack. He never mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he never betrayed him. He just was trying to Yeah. Or do not the in that way could. at the very least, right? Like not in a way right. of like his whole personhood. 
of like not yeah. seeing Steed as a person because that's basically what's happening. Steed is stripping Ed of his personhood in order to yeah. to play up a stereotype. Yeah. And he's <sighs> understanding that these people don't want nuance. They mm-hmm. don't want they don't want to hear that there's people behind these stories. He mm-hmm. they want to hear the caricature. And that's I think that this is such a I I hope that white people and I'm 100% including myself in there who are mm-hmm. listening or watching this episode realize that we have all been in similar situations where we hear mm-hmm. some racist shit at a dinner table and we stay silent. Yeah, it's it's pretty frustrating to watch this happen and and to immediately cut to the revenge where Ed is <sighs> cleaning up. Mm-hmm. He has expressed himself. He feels so much better. The crew is excited about this project. And he's just like, oh, man, this is, this is really great. You know, I th- I'm, I'm feeling so much better. Yeah. We see a path forward for him yeah. as Ed, not him as Blackbeard. Yeah. And yeah. And like it, it's a pretty stark contrast to the previous scene. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Izzy is standing there looking at a book that's a rendering of Blackbeard. And mm-hmm. it's not the same one from the previous episode. It's a different one. Mm-hmm. And Izzy says, I'm going to speak plainly. And Ed says, wonderful. You know, we share our thoughts on this ship. Oh. Just not expecting Izzy to challenge him in this way. And he says, I should have let the English kill you. This, whatever it is you've become, is a fate worse than death. And he says, well, I am still Blackbeard, so. And he says, no. And he rips the page out of the book and he shoves it in his face and says, this is Blackbeard. Not some some namby-pamby in a silk gown pining for his boyfriend. Oof. Okay. Mm. I just to kind of like break down what Izzy is saying, because I think it's important. And I do believe that it links back to the scene that we just watched with Steed. Mm-hmm. Um, because Izzy is saying that it's better to die than not to conform to traditional ideas of masculinity. Mm-hmm. And Ed sort of pushes back by saying that he's still Blackbeard, you know, he's still himself. Yeah. Uh, like he, he knows where he stands and he's trying to make Izzy see that. But again, Izzy shows him that he loves the idea of Blackbeard mm-hmm. more than he loves Ed. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's important that it was the mention of Steed that tipped Ed over the edge. Yes. Because I can't help but sort of think that Ed in that moment is thinking that Steed also saw him more as Blackbeard than as ed mm-hmm. even if technically it's not the case but we were we just saw proof of that in yeah. the pub yeah i honestly like i didn't think that this episode would be so like emotional to break down <laughs> yeah oh yeah so ed grabs him by the throat and shoves him against the wall yeah. and says choose your next words wisely dog which is so interesting to me since he, we've seen so many episodes of Izzy calling Steed his pet. Mm-hmm. And Izzy 
gets this huge smile on his face when he's been called a dog mm -hmm. and he caresses Ed's face and says, yeah. there he is. And okay. it's like, <laughs> all right. So I'm going to push past the toxicity of this moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, because of course, you know, like there is a, an incredibly toxic moment there. Uh, mm -hmm. and I, I don't want to gloss over that, but if we push that a little further, kind of like what you're, what you're about to say, like mm -hmm. what we're seeing is basically what could be considered as play where Ed calls Izzy a dog and mm -hmm. Izzy is the one pet aboard that's allowed to stay alive. All the other pets yes. are supposed to die. Like mm -hmm. he's the one exception to the rule. He's the one that Ed loves the most. Mm -hmm. And so if Ed gets another quote unquote pet, well, that won't work. And this is basically right. Izzy's jealousy being confirmed for me. Like the pure glee on his face, like this is what he loves, you know, to be mm -hmm. choked up against a wall by Blackbeard. You know, yes. he worships at the altar of toxic masculinity and he lives mm -hmm. and die at Blackbeard's will. Yeah, he's not looking to lead himself. Oh, he is no. looking to worship at his feet. Yeah, absolutely. He is looking to be subordinate to mm -hmm. Blackbeard. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. This, yeah. What, what he just, what happened in that chamber is exactly what he wants. Mm -hmm. He wants a yeah. violent, bloodthirsty Blackbeard. The mm -hmm. same way that these other men who represent colonization and colonizers and colonizing forces want. Mm -hmm. And Steed played into that. Oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Undo it. Yeah. Make it better. Yeah. And don't take two years to do it. Uh, <laughs> I can only ask for so much. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. Oh, my God. <sighs> so, yeah, Izzy caresses his face and says, there he is. And it's just a very intimate gesture from Izzy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he says, Blackbeard is my captain. I serve Blackbeard, not Edward. Edward better watch his fucking step. Yeah. Oh, bratty, bratty boy. Yes, yes. And he releases him. He's just... Ed's just kind of confused by it all. He He's very upset. He's still mm -hmm. trying to heal. He's trying to figure out where he belongs. And it's funny because when Izzy walks away, he hears the crew on another part of the ship chanting, Edward, Edward. Yeah. Which I don't know why they're chanting that, but it just kind of is telling him that, like, they're not chanting Blackbeard. They're chanting yeah. Edward that he mm -hmm. asked them to. Yeah. And is that really what he wants? Mm. Uh, so we cut to the art show. Mm. Doug is being so sweet and supportive and Steed shows up drunk and uh, he's really making a scene. Oh my uh, God. He says, she's not really the widow bonnet, is she? And if her husband gave up the C, surely she should give up the dishonest title, even though okay. she hates my guts, which is her right. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> When that happened, because Steed was already like <laughs> treading really thin, mm. a thin, thin, thin line in that moment for me. And when that happened, like, I was just like, no, because this mm -hmm. kind of behavior like drives me absolutely mad. He's behaving like he owns her. 
Yes. And I know that Evelyn agrees with me with the speed at oh, which yeah. she runs towards him. She's about to kill him. Like, She's even... about to murder him. He's literally imposing his own choices on her. He's like, well, if yes. I gave up the C, she should give up, the, give up the title. Like, she has no say in the matter. She didn't want yeah. him to leave. She was literally yeah. offering him to work on the relationship with him. And he left mm-hmm. that night. He left and yeah. now that he decided to come back because of his own justified guilt, he expects mm-hmm. her to welcome him back. Yeah. Steve. No. Lucius would no. not approve. No. Oluwande would not <laughs> no. approve. And frankly, would... none of the crew would approve except maybe Izzy. And that's saying something. Yeah. What's that tell you, buddy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God. Yep. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating because he has been... You know, he's, he's the main protagonist. Like he, you want to relate to him. And in this moment you do not, you want to throttle him. Oh, you do. You absolutely do. Like he's, he's, he is representing all of the toxic masculinity that he has Mm -hmm. been a champion of dismantling throughout the series. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's just so jarring for us as viewers to see him doing that, trying to fit into that mold, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think, I think that that is his own act of despair. Yeah. You know, trying so badly to fit into uh, what it means to, or what he has been told it means to be a man, trying to be like yeah. the son that his father would be proud of, attacking yeah. his wife's lover, you know? Mm. Well, and I mean, he never fit in. He never mm-hmm. fit in and he knew that. And now yeah. he's trying to shove himself back into that role that he never liked in the first place. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's so disingenuous. It's so, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like if you're, if you force yourself back in the closet, you know, you Mm -hmm. think it's for the greater good. You think that, you know, well, life will be easier because right now it was so hard. And if I go back and I just pretend like it never happened, Mm -hmm. life could be easier. Exactly. Exactly. But there's a reason you came out in the first place. There's a reason you were so unhappy where you were. Like Mm -hmm. you need to remember that. Yeah. And it's so much better to live a hard life but live it with truth than it is to live an easier life with dishonesty. You know, I mean, but it's easier said than done. It is absolutely easier said than done. I appreciate you saying that, but, and, and, and we see it, right. Steed is, is wanting that easy fix that he, what he thinks will be an easy fix. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. And he ends up putting in the work. Like I, I have to give him credit, you know, to the end of the episode. Oh Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. And I have, I have good words for him after that. I'm just, I'm just very cross with him right now. (laughs) You know, it's one of those things where like you, you can love characters, even though you're not happy with them or like, you don't like them in the moment like that. I mean, (laughs) I love Izzy. I don't like him, but I love him. And so in that moment, I love Steed, but I just don't like him. I don't like his Mm. behavior. Well, and it's like, I'm, I'm glad you got there, but you could have got there sooner. Right, exactly. <laughs> you could have saved us all a lot of heartache. <laughs> uh, so Doug puts a hand on his shoulder and to try to, like, quell this whole scene that he's making. And Steed grabs a knife and kind of does a maneuver and has him, like, pinned up against the table. Yeah. And uh, 
he says, unhand me or bleed. And it was just, it's so jarring, something that would be seen as strong and great on a pirate ship is seen as just this huge scandal that he is just acting like unhinged basically. And that's the thing. Like this is what technically like a strong manly man would do, you know, defending his wife's honor and his honor, but he doesn't even love Mary that way. No, you know what doesn't. I mean? Like, I'm sure yeah. he has a lot of affection for her. Maybe mm-hmm. he even loves her, but he's certainly not in love with her. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I don't, I don't think he even loves her. I think this was all, I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of, I, yeah. She's the mother of his children. Like, yeah, you don't know. I think that there's a lot of affection because he doesn't hate her, but he right. certainly isn't in love with her. Definitely. And even yeah. if he was in love with her, like this behavior would not be justified. Right. Um, right. I think, I think it's important to say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we cut to them getting undressed for bed and he's apologizing for getting out of hand. And he says, I forgive you, by the way, for sleeping with Doug. Mm. And this is where we forgot to mention. So when she was setting up for the art show and talking to Evelyn about he, oh, they, he yeah. that she wishes he actually died. Yeah. <laughs> so much better. <laughs> yes. Evelyn says that, you know, because she's like, well, you know, if he would have actually died of like natural causes, and <laughs> Evelyn says, <laughs> murder is a natural cause. <laughs> you know, that's again a line that I feel like J- Spanish Jackie could have said. Uh huh. And if you think about the line, murder is a natural cause, it's like you think about natural consequences. You know, as a parent, you want to give natural consequences. Like uh, yeah. if it, if a child spills something out of mm-hmm. carelessness, the natural consequences, they have to clean it up. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, and so it's like, look, if your husband's being a complete ass, the natural <laughs> consequence of that is he gets murdered. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Don't think about it that way, but I love it. It's, oh my it's God. all about the behavior we accept. And if I say, I do not accept your behavior and therefore I will murder you for <laughs> it. <laughs> unhinged <laughs> love it i love it <laughs> and if you think about you know early 1700s barbados mm-hmm. like i always think about like period pieces and and we know that this is you know very lovingly set in the 1700s and mm-hmm. they don't i mean like jim just showed up in the middle of all the one days room magically yeah, with magically. a teleporter i guess yeah but if you think about the 1700s i always kind of think about how much death was so much more prevalent than it is now. You know, how childhood mortality was so much higher. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think historically Steed Bonnet had five children and only two of them made it out of, um, out of like, after four years old, I think. I think so. It's something like that. Yeah. He had, they had a lot of children and then the, well, for us, five is, is a lot today um i mean for me it is i have one and i'm already like i have enough i technically Um, have four i have two steps and mm. uh and two children but Mm. yeah five is still a lot (laughs) five is a lot to have like as young children all at once so yeah yeah but i mean i just think about about death and how much different it is in the 1700s and how death mm-hmm. is kind of all around you. People yeah. the you know, medicine isn't quite as advanced. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, look at, look at the large um, 
gathering of widows Mm -hmm. of relatively young looking widows that was in Mary's house. Right. So an infection would kill you. Right. And so you think about like death is just so much more prevalent. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, thinking about murdering is like, well, you're going to die in a couple of years anyway, probably, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to cut yourself on that piece of farming equipment. And then, you know, it was rusty and you get tetanus and you die. Like, you know, it just seems a little bit more, um, life is fleeting than it would now. (laughs) Exactly. Honestly. And anyway, I think that like in a society where divorce is not allowed, you're sort of setting yourself up for pushing people to their limit. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I don't condone murder, but you know, (laughs) but you know, and in fiction, eh, there you go. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. So Mary flashes to that scene with Evelyn and is something we didn't see is that she was watching the chef prepare like skewers of vegetables and turns out she smuggled one home. So this whole time she's been thinking <laughs> of murdering him. Is even a thing? I don't know. I don't know. These are very like commercial looking skewers, like nice and straight and sharp with a perfect circle at the end. You know, like this is something they bought at Home Goods. It was it was to grill on your barbecue in 1717. Yes. That's great. <laughs> Okay, a little bit of serious here. But yes, she smuggled it home. Yeah, yeah. So she had stuck that down her dress or something and and had it. And so in the middle of the night, she's holding the skewer to his ear. And she's Mm -hmm. about to drive it into his ear when Steed wakes up and screams. And she starts screaming. And like, she's she's not a murderer. She was very conflicted by this. But yes. And that's the thing. This wasn't a, this again was Mary's act of despair in that moment. Yes. (sighs) I think she would have done it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she, she seemed to be resigned to it. Yeah, exactly. I don't think she would have done it with glee or with happiness or enjoyed it in any way, shape or form, but I think she was ready to do it in order to get her life back. Yeah. It's such a thing. It was such a thin instrument. It made me think about if it would actually kill him or not. Honestly, me too. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And especially like that would have been quick. I don't, don't, my God, I don't know. I don't know if it would go directly through his brain or not, or like, would it kill him? I don't know. Oh my God. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, can you imagine? I don't know either. I didn't want to think about it too much, but I was like, oh, that sounds awful. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so they're now they're talking in the middle of the night. They're standing at the fireplace and he was like, You were gonna stab me. And she's like, I was. Sorry. I was. You know, I like, was. Yeah, she's yeah. like, I was. Yeah. And he's in the ear hole. <laughs> <laughs> and said, Why not just smother me with a pillow or use a gun? And she has like she thought this through. She, she did. said a pillow seemed too tricky. A gun would wake the kids. I thought about poison or pushing you off a cliff, but really I just wanted to get it done tonight. I didn't want you to suffer. <laughs> Again with the humanely killing him. Yes, yeah. He's like, wait, well, you murdered me. And she's like, well, it's not that much more dramatic than running off to become a pirate, is it? Mm, I love that moment where she calls him out on it. 
And I also love that he's able to see it. And yeah, you know, like, I feel like what's about to happen is the conversation that really should have happened a long time ago for them. It should have. It should have. And frustratingly, um, you know, he didn't have a person or a love when he left. He had Mm. the potential. He had the hope. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, it seems like that conversation couldn't have really happened before without some pushback of like, well, what if you fail at it completely? Like he mm-hmm. had to have the experience yeah. to come back and say, no, actually I'm, I am good with this, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's true. That's kind of, you know, like, I think, <sighs> yeah. Okay. So I hadn't thought about it that way because to me it was like, Cause I think what Mary was trying to do before he left was the beginnings of that, mm-hmm. you know, where you're kind of like, listen, like we aren't in love, but we can be life partners and maybe we need to mm-hmm. lead separate romantic lives. Yeah. And so, yeah, the conversation could have been about the hope, the hope for adventure, the hope for love, the hope mm-hmm. for contentment and happiness and finding someone who you have those things with. Exactly. But until they actually both found it in Doug and in Ed, mm-hmm. they couldn't really have this honest conversation like, oh no, I experienced it and it's so much better and and it completes me so much more than I ever thought it could. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. So she says, we just can't seem to stop hurting each other, can we? And mm. Steed says, I don't fit here anymore, do I? Which he never really fit there in the first place. Um, he was given a role. He -hmm. was mandated a role that you're going to marry this woman. You're going to have children. This is what you're doing. Yeah. But now that role is even in jeopardy. That fakeness is even in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. And so he says, you've got your life, your art, Doug. And she does feel bad about Doug. You know, of course there's Mm -hmm. always that whole, you know, betrayal of your marriage vows and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And the religion, Religion doesn't really play into this, but she does make mention of like, well, I made a contract in front of God, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, I mean, I think also the reality, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just because I know a little bit about French history, but like it was always understood within people who married, especially people of a certain class who married that like marriage was not about romance. Marriage was about, you know, yes. it was, it was, um, control literally, like she says, contractual. And so, you know, married people could be very, get along very well and just be life partners, like I said, but just have different lovers. Yeah. And depending on your, your social status, like Mm -hmm. taking a lover wasn't probably a bad thing. It was like, oh, well, you got to do what you got to do to keep the marriage together. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, and that's kind of why, like people, people were discreet about it to some degree, right? Especially yeah, yeah. more, <laughs> probably, probably a little more elsewhere in the world than they were in France. But like, yes. yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she says, "I'm sorry about Doug," and he says, "No, don't be. He's actually wonderful." And she mm. goes, "Yeah, he's the I best. Good job, Steed." <laughs> yeah. And. He says, how does it feel to be in love? Aww. And this is the most beautiful scene. I It feels so validating as yeah. a viewer. Yeah. As everything we've said, every 
moment that we picked out, even if it wasn't one of the big moments, was shown Mm -hmm. here. Yeah. So she says it feels easy. It's just like breathing. He understands my idiosyncrasies. They flash to Ed discovering his closet. Mm. Finds them charming even. And, you know, he flashes back to the sword fight uh, where they were, where he like smacks him on the butt. We expose each other to new things, new ideas, and it flashes to the party and them taking over the French merchant vessel and him teaching Ed how to dine. She says, we laugh a lot and we flash to like the snake snack and the more of the sword fight. And we just passed the time so well. And we flash to like casual times on the ship where they were focused on each other like that part where they're sitting on the edge of the boat and they're drinking together. And then when they're all with the crew, but like Ed's positioned himself to be looking at Steed and talking to Steed with his back to everyone else. And like, it just feels so good to watch that going. Yes. Yes. This is what I saw. Yes. This is, this is the proof that they're in love. I saw that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like, Oh, I know how to read romantic tropes properly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so bad to be like, I did it. And you're like, I've done it before. And I've been told I was wrong. (laughs) Not only wrong, but like crazy. (laughs) Bad for it. Yeah. 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 And so she says, I'd call those things love. I hope Mm. you find that. Mm. And he, he's been, he's been like coming to this mind blown realization. And he says, I think I have. And, you know, I don't think, I don't think this is his moment where he realizes he is non-platonically in love with Ed. I think this is just the moment that it coalesces that it's love, like deep love and not uh, just, I don't know, flirtations and and a little bit more on the surface relationship. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I think that by, cause it's the first time that he, really talks about him to someone who doesn't already know him Mm -hmm. in a way that's positive because we saw in the pub what he did and we we want to move on from that. Right. But yes, um, (laughs) I'm like, I can't bring it up all the time. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Right. But like, but it did happen. So it did happen. So we have to remember it, but like he is like by saying it, I think there's, there's power in that. There's power in him saying yeah. that, you know, I think I found it. Well, look at um, Calico Jack and the mm-hmm. scene where they're yes. in the woods together. And I he was just says, thinking oh, about that. Yeah. And he's, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, exactly. and he's denying it because mm-hmm. it's not proper. It's not appropriate. And Calico Jack is like, it is appropriate. Do whatever mm-hmm. you want, dude. You know, but he's still not ready to admit anything. To anyone, especially a, an adversary. I think also to assume that part of himself. Yes. Yeah. Because in that yeah. moment, it's, it's basically stated that like Ed likes men, you know, yeah. like this isn't, this isn't the first time that he's been with a man. This isn't anything new for him. Right. So yeah. we find that out, but maybe for Steed, it's, it's a bit more new. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, I think I have found, you know, Mm. meaning found love. And she says, really? What's her name? And he just says, Ed. His name is Ed. 
And Mary hugs them. And it's just the sweetest. It's the most validating scene. It's just like, yes, yes, yes. This is what we saw. Yes, you're finally realizing it too. Sorry, I'm just kind of... I know, I know. And you know, the changing of the pronouns and stuff like that is just so, it's just so, so well done. It really is. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) I know, you're okay. (laughs) It's really Uh, well done. But yeah, and I mean, I think obviously like it means a lot to see it in that moment. Yeah. And it's like beautifully played. I just saw David Jenkins talking about how well... I think her name is Cynthia. I can't remember her last name. Oh, okay. uh, Who plays Mary. Uh, How she was basically directed because he's like, you know, we've seen the beats where like uh, people learn about someone's uh, homosexuality and they're like, Mm -hmm. they're surprised, they're this, there's that. And he's like, what would happen if we skipped all of that? Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. And that meant a lot to me. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you're okay. That's what this is about. Like, this is amazing. I'm I'm really glad you're having that reaction. I, I, I'm not an easy crier. Uh, oh, I am. I cry at anything. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it did get me when I watched it though. Like I, I teared up when I watched it and it was just so, it was so well done. It was so lovely. Yeah, honestly, it really was. <laughs> and to Go from that to Ed on the revenge. Yeah. Looking at the piece of silk. And now we're seeing a flashback to the you wear fine things well scene where this piece of silk is no longer his mother to him. This is reminding him of. This society he'll never be a part of. Uh, mm-hmm. The society where someone he loved left him. Yeah. And even more, he seems even more resigned to piracy to stay on the fringes mm-hmm. of the world so that he's not, he let himself hope, he let himself ingratiate himself with a white man, with yeah. uh, with a wealthy man. And he's like, and look what it did to you. A white man? No. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's <really> inappropriate. <laughs> but, it's, but it's, yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I fully agree with what you're saying. And I think, like, to add to that, because it's not, it's mm-hmm. really, like, um, something that's additional. It's really not anything that, like, contradicts with what you're saying. But, mm-hmm. like, I saw him letting go of that piece of silk as him, like, letting go of the part of himself that he had fought so hard to keep all of these years. Yeah. And like basically embracing the identity that's been pushed on him of the bloodthirsty killer Blackbeard, you know, like, well, and the piece of silk was his mother saying, you know, look, you're not who society is telling you who you are. Mm -hmm. Like you can be more, you can be different. You can do other things. And, Maybe it used to mean piracy to him, but Mm -hmm. then it started to mean like maybe he can be part of society in a way, or maybe he can make a life and and be a queer person. And now all of that is wrapped up in this red piece of silk. And he just is like, fuck it. It hurts too much. I'm done. 
Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, for sure. 100%. I do think though, that the idea of being part of society is never really, and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, right? Like I'm sort of just brainstorming here, but like, I don't think that Ed really ever wanted to be, a, I think he wanted to be accepted by society, but I think mm-hmm. if we're seeing what he was doing in this particular episode, he just wanted to live like a quiet life without the pressures of society that mm-hmm. made him, you know, into this bloodthirsty killer. Right. And so it was more to me anyway, it was more about like shedding those, like those expectations Mm-hmm. And then by letting go now of the piece of silk, he's like, nope, you know, like I'm letting go of the masculinity that I've built for myself. I'm going to embrace the toxic masculinity that these mm-hmm. colonialist forces and Izzy have been pushing on me. And I mm-hmm. will become the epitome of what they expect me to be. Yeah. So Lucius comes to talk to him a little bit about the talent Mm. show. When Ed is at his absolute lowest, he has just tossed out the piece of silk. Mm. And Lucius, our truth teller, uh, the one on the crew who sees more of Ed than the average crew member, the one who told him off and gave him hope and said, Mm -hmm. he likes you. I don't like what he did. I can see why Lucius of all people on that ship was the target of his ire. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I remember saying in episode (laughs) one that if anything happened to Lucius, I was going to riot. So I feel like I owe everybody here a riot. A riot. Um, I'm not sure how I'm going to make that happen, but I'll find some way. We'll schedule a riot soon. We'll schedule a riot soon. (laughs) Exactly. A well-controlled riot (laughs) scheduled with a start and end time and date. I think the only reason that we could possibly postpone the riot is that um, that little shred of hope that he's not dead. And I think I've seen that on social media now that I've been able to look. It's like, but Lucius isn't dead, so shut up. (laughs) Right. So to me, (laughs) to me... If Jim was able to swim back to the mm. revenge, yes, Lucius was able to hang on to the revenge and like yes. get back in somehow. Uh-huh. So I, I maybe we can postpone the riot. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we'll put a pin in the riot. Yeah, exactly. Let's just put a put a pin in it for now. <laughs> we'll sew we'll sew some beautiful flags together. Um, yes. But yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Like, cause I, I was kind of wondering like, why did he push Lucius overboard? Like he could have done so many other things to him, yes. but I also yeah. think it's, yeah, like you said, like Lucius is the one to make him realize that, you know, Steed liked him. Mm-hmm. And I also think, and this might be controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway. Mm-hmm. I also think it's because he's the one who's the most like outwardly gay. Okay. And I would say it's he's the most like Steed in that he's he's the only one who reads, he's the only one who writes, he's the only one who like we always talked about how the crew members Lucius was a little bit different than the crew members. He yeah. seemed to have his foot in Steed's old world. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's kind of the whole thing, right? Like remember the way yeah. that Izzy treated Lucius? 
Mm -hmm. So if Ed is truly embracing toxic masculinity at this point and becoming, as we find out, the Kraken, then Lucius Mm -hmm. no longer fits aboard the revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because essentially what we're going to see of Ed as quote unquote the Kraken is going to be a lot of Izzy-like behavior. So, yeah. I don't like this analysis, but I think... No. I think it it has a place and it yeah. Did we have we ever been told that Lucius can't swim? No, there is no information about that. Oh my god, I hope so. <laughs> no, I don't no, I don't well, because I was trying to listen like cuz a lot of a lot of times if you find that out, it's somewhat you push someone in, "Oh my god, I can't swim. I can't swim." He was just going, "Oh my god, somebody help me." You know. Yeah. So I don't think he was like saying he can't swim. So I, we cut to Ed now becoming Blackbeard. He uses mm. ash to paint his face, his eyes, uh, his his mouth to look like he has like stubble or a beard. Mm. Looks great. He's dressed in leather and he says, I am the Kraken. Yeah. And he goes to where Izzy is sleeping and he cuts his fucking toe off. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with this show cutting off appendages? I don't know. <laughs> And then he feeds it to him. And he's like, don't forget to chew. And Izzy loves every second of it. Oh, Izzy's so excited. Could you imagine, though? He's completely, like, laid out, snoring asleep. Almost naked. To be woken up. Almost naked, yeah. To be woken up with your toe being cut off is just... That's a nightmare. Well, listen, and it, it sort of made me wonder, and I think I sent you, like, I messaged you that. I was like, how mangled is Izzy's body Yeah, <laughs> from that relationship with, with Blackbeard? Yeah. Yeah. And this was alluded to before um, in the previous episode when they were having kind of their confession right before the kiss. And, and Ed said, you know, oh, this was the most fun I've ever had, you know, we always did stupid stuff like I don't want to I don't want to drink all day or cut mm-hmm. off someone's toe and make them eat it for a laugh, yeah. you know. And that's when Steed was like, "Ew, <laughs> you know? yeah, that's yucky. exactly." Yeah, and so, those two yeah, behaviors so- are exactly what happens in this episode where he's drinking yep. in the morning, and uh, mm-hmm. he feeds Izzy his own toe. Yeah. But oh my god, like the bone, like, oh. Oh, I know, it's so gross. It's so gross. Everything about it is just awful. (laughs) (laughs) And he says to Izzy, threaten me again and I'll feed you the rest. Yeah. And he, Izzy's so excited, he's so hard. He's so excited. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well, I mean, in that moment, like, okay, again, if we're talking, you know. Yeah. um, Like, this is a breath taming moment like a very uh-huh. extreme yeah. one well he has been asking him to make me submit make yep. me submit mm-hmm. that's yeah. what i want from you and and ed was like okay uh he says shall, shall i summon the boy to take notes and uh ed says don't bother he's dead mm. and he walks away and izzy is so happy about that oh he's just grinning from ear yeah. to ear yeah and that's kind of why i'm i'm and you know, yeah, that's that's kind of why I'm doubling down on that thing that I said earlier. Yeah. 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 So uh, we cut to the daytime on the revenge, and Blackbeard is making the crew throw out books. Yeah. 
And Izzy is like ecstatic. He says, Blackbeard is himself again. And the crew just looks very confused by it all. Well, it's that idea also that like not being a manly man is an illness because he was describing him as sick before. Mm Mm-hmm. So now he's no longer sick. He's well again. Ugh. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. And this has major, like, I want to throw out everything that your ex touched kind of thing. Right? Like, oh, I think yeah. Izzy is so happy about that. He's like, finally. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Steed wakes up Mary and tells her he needs a corpse to fix everything. He's let Doug come over. Like, they're sitting on the bed on either side of her. It's a very jarring you know shot where it's like oh you you let him into your marriage bed that's pretty that's pretty accepting and that's that's kind of the funny thing right because like steed is not on the bed yeah doug is oh he's not no he's not yeah right which is which is honestly like i think yeah i like it i'm okay with it (laughs) yeah i like it too uh, it just shows like, oh, okay, you've accepted this. You're oh, like yeah. done. Mary and Steed are done. Like he's yeah. through trying to make mm-hmm. that happen. They So they're riding over in a carriage and he tells Mary, I don't want anything this time. I, I don't want one single cent. Yeah. And I think that this is a really important moment because like yeah. he's basically renouncing his position as a landowner and colonizer by refusing money yeah. from his estate. So yeah. he's... He is taking that step to step away from from this society that ostracized yeah. that would ostracize him and Ed. Yeah. Um, and I think I just a small observation, but I just kind of love that Steed was told that he was gonna marry Mary in a carriage. And now mm. he's basically or they're yeah. basically mutually ending their marriage in a carriage. Yes. I did I like that. I thought that was cute. So they go to the widow Evelyn and <laughs> she's really cute. She's like, Oh, do you do you need somewhere to stash the body or, oh or, or have you already done it? And he pops up, he's like, mm, still here. <laughs> he's like, but I'm cool with it all. <laughs> and she's like rolling her one eye, you know? <laughs> she's like, Oh, him again. This was really cute because she goes, You know you're killing her, right? Yeah. Like she's so angry about it all. Yeah. So they, they need a corpse for this fuckery they're about to set forth and they see that Evelyn has a leopard as a pet named Ned and I have a little bit of trivia this leopard was featured in Cardi B's WAP video (laughs) just so you know it's the same leopard this leopard is has acting gigs for days (laughs) this this leopard has been in more important media than I have (laughs) I have been in zero important media. <laughs> I need to watch the WAP video and be like, it's Ned. <laughs> oh my God. That's too funny. Thank you for that. It was great. Yeah. So now the crew, except for a few of them, are on this tiny island and Izzy is standing on this little rowboat and mm-hmm. is claiming like, this is where the talent show is going to be. And it's like a little rocky island that's literally like the size of a bedroom there's like two trees on it and everyone's kind of dressed up for the talent show black pete's wearing like a powdered wig and like he has makeup on his face and uh izzy says this is where the talent show gonna be you know the black beard really wants to be impressed 
and um, Black Pete wants to know where Lucius is Mm-mm. and says it's not I that big of a like ship. That. You know, we can't find him. <laughs> we cut to the revenge. Like, Izzy starts to row away. So, like, you know what's happening. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, the crew doesn't know what's happening just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Blackbeard is interviewing Jim in a way. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, you're pretty cool. Uh, but then at the end of the interview, because <laughs> Jim's like, dude, what's wrong with your face? You know, yeah. why do you have all that stuff on your face? And they, they like knock Jim out, which mm-hmm. is interesting to me why they bother what they're doing with Jim. Like what, what's Blackbeard's goal with Jim? That's like, well, if, if you don't agree, I'm still going to keep you as a hostage. Maybe, Maybe Izzy still sees Jim's worth uh, to Spanish Jackie. Maybe they don't know quite yet that Spanish Jackie and, and Jim are cool. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I was a little confused by that moment, frankly. Um, mm-hmm. I, I assume that this is a setup for next season at this point. Yeah. So I, I guess I didn't really think about it too much because I was like, I don't get it. I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's all about separating the couples, you know. Yeah. Ah. day and Jim are separate. <laughs> Lucius and Black Pete are separated. So, but yeah, I was, I was kind of curious and I'm like, maybe they don't know that Spanish Jackie and Jim have kind of come to a, a resolution. Uh, I think maybe Izzy's like, reading. no, Spanish Jackie wants this one. Yeah. So Steed is preparing his plan with his kids. They're helping him like stage a costume. The kids seem really cool with all of this happening. They're just like, whatever. <laughs> Your Aww. mom was much happier when you were gone. <laughs> But really sweetly, the daughter ends up, like, cutting the petrified orange in half and Mm. says, you know, now you'll get a half and I'll get a half. And he seems really happy with that. Yeah, it's kind of like that peace offering of, like, hey, you know, like, uh, this is much better for everybody. Like, go on and live your life. We don't really need you here. Like, we've got Doug. We've got Mom. We're good. (laughs) Yes. Um, And I just, I love that in that moment, everyone is kind of involved in this fuckery. Like, you know, Mary, Doug, the kids, like they're, they're really Uh operating as like a blended family in a really lovely way. Yes. Yeah. It's really nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the marooned crew noticed that the ship actually is leaving and Blackbeard is looking out at the crew. Then they're starting to yell like, Hey, what are you doing? Come back. Yeah. And he says, farewell, bonnets, playthings, on to the next. Okay, my heart skipped a beat when he said on to the next. Because, like, one of my ex-boyfriends, the same one who used to wear all black and perform masculinity really hard, like, I think I've talked about about mm-hmm. him on here before, but, like, that was a thing that he would say. Because nothing's worth actually fixing and yeah, exactly. Dissecting and doing the work. It's just yeah. on to the next. Just throw onto that the away. Next. And it's like, I think this is kind of like, because I had never seen him as a particularly like, as somebody who, who performed masculinity as much as I'm realizing now that he was. And mm-hmm. so to kind of see like these attitudes in somebody who is embracing toxic masculinity is kind of like shocking me into realizing like what was going on there. Yeah. Yeah. So now we have a really fun sequence where Steed has set this up and he pretends like he's getting attacked by the leopard. Uh, he goes into this room and he's like, Wah! screaming. He puts pig, pig's blood on his face. 
And it's so funny because he doesn't stop there. He, like, this was so unnecessary. He just wanted to add this. Like, the whole leopard thing could have just not happened. But he comes out and he's like, I'm fine, actually. (laughs) It's like, okay. And then he gets run over by a carriage, but he really doesn't get run over. He that's he's able to extract the corpse from the carriage and lay it down as if it was him. And that's when a piano falls on him. And this was all set up. <laughs> it was so good. Like it was set up to be done in front of everyone. Mary is acting appropriately horrified. I feel, I felt like in that moment I was watching, um, Monty Python. Well, sure. But I also felt like I was watching that episode of supernatural with all of the Tuesdays. Oh Yeah. Because like he gets, can we kill Steed Bonnet? Right, like he accepted <laughs> Steed Bonnet, where like he gets mauled and then he gets run over by a car slash carriage, and then the piano falls on yeah. him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and like honestly, all they had to do was the piano. Like they needed it enough to where he was unrecognizable. Like all they yeah. had to do was the piano. <laughs> right. Yeah. But but I think I think that this is also Steed like liking to put on a show. Right. Well, and he's taking what he learned from Blackbeard about his fuckery because he pulls away and says, now that's a fuckery. Like, yeah, but see, that's the thing. I don't think that Blackbeard ever taught him that. Like, I think that that's what he took from Blackbeard's teaching yeah. <laughs> of fuckeries, because like, you know, the 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 scene that he put on, like on the aboard, aboard the revenge was never really meant like, you know, this was never like a Blackbeard thing. This was always like a yeah. Steed Bonnet and his crew kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> He's much more theatrical. Blackbeard yeah. was actually scary. <laughs> but there you go. I think that this this kind of like allows him to be himself, to do things his way. Yeah. 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 He was he was very much the star of the show mm-hmm. and he he loved it. He loved oh, it. Yeah. Now that's a fuckery. Now that's so a fuckery. happy. And now we cut to the beach where he has cleaned himself up. He, you know, the pig's blood, his hair is like, he looks freshly showered and his hair is like swept back. He looks so handsome. I agree. Honestly, like in that moment, I was like, oh my goodness, Steve, you look so handsome. Like I just, Mm -hmm. you know, this is really where he reaches his folklore era. Yes. Yeah. And it's sunset. It's golden hour. It's just so beautiful, yeah. and he is pulling a boat onto the ocean, like, as he should have done. Like, you see the flashback, I think it was last episode, of him coming onto the boat for the first time on aboard the Revenge, and it's yeah. quiet, and he's standing there alone, and it's probably before he hired a crew and all this stuff. But yeah. just the difference that mm. the world experience he's had since then. Mm-hmm. And he is just ready to go live his truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. This is no longer an exploration. This is like, it has an end goal. Yes. Yeah. He's not just, yeah. He's not just trying to see where it'll lead him. He, yeah, exactly. He has, he has to go back. But now he's free. Oh, well, that so, okay. So when Mary says that, when they're toasting to him, and she says, "And now free," like, yeah, honestly, like that meant so much because this this is the resolution of so much, so many of his issues. Because he is literally in that moment, like shedding the shackles of expectations, mm-hmm. um, and he has no money, you know, nothing mm-hmm. to save him from anything. 
no status. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think that that's the message of the show right there that like letting go of societal expectations is freeing. Yeah. For Steed anyway, that was for him. So he's pulling the boat into the ocean to go where? (laughs) Well, I mean, that's like, (laughs) every time I know every time they do that, I'm like, shut up brain. Cause I'm like, how does he know where they are? Well, clearly he did. Okay, Katie. Like, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. finds them. So there you go. That's what matters. They've been they've been anchored in the exact same spot. That's like one mile east of this <laughs> island. They all know where it is. That's just where Steed is. Yeah, yeah. I love it. So now uh, Blackbeard is on the revenge. He kept Frenchie, mm-hmm. and he kept and he had asked Frenchie earlier. Like, I heard you know how to sew. So he's like keeping Frenchie. To sew him a new flag. So Frenchie's yeah. there. Jim's there. Uh, Jim is being, like, watched over, though, by by Ivan. Yeah. So, like, very much hostage, not part of the crew. Frenchie's part of the crew. He's hoisting a new flag, which um, in we talked about Blackbeard's flag in a previous episode where yeah. it was the the skeleton with, like, the, with the spear. Yeah with a heart with three drops of blood. Mm-hmm. But when we saw it in a previous episode, the heart and the three drops of blood weren't there. That's true. It was yeah. just the skeleton with, with the spear. And now Frenchie has like added the mm-hmm. heart with the drops of blood, which is just, it's so interesting to me because it's like a fake, really fake heart. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> It just seems opposite of what Blackbeard is trying to convey here. <laughs> you know, like, I guess maybe like, oh, you're spearing me in the heart. But like the spear isn't actually piercing the heart. Like I've seen some iterations of Blackbeard's flag. Mm-hmm. Like I'm stabbing you in the heart. It's like, and there's a heart. Teehee. Like that's what it looks <laughs> like to me. <laughs> like, and now we're a ship of love. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's strange but okay yeah the whole opposite <laughs> of that yeah I don't know and maybe the three I I'm I'm excited to see like honestly this just got me really excited for season two yeah honestly if you think about the flag what I with what they wanted to convey I think it would have been interesting if the heart would have already been there and in this episode he cut it off yeah you know yeah maybe I don't know I don't know either, honestly. That's why I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of interesting. Maybe I'm just seeing the addition of the heart as something like nicer than it should be. It must be like I'm spearing my heart. My heart is dead now. Yeah, I think Very maybe that's, that has to do with it, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like I, Blackbeard, if, if again, he's, he's projecting himself onto the flag, then he is mm-hmm. the skeleton, the dead person who is spearing hearts like he doesn't care about love yeah i guess the drops of blood is supposed to be like the violence of it right yeah it's interesting Hmm. but then but then we cut to the lighthouse painting Mm -hmm. so he kept it he he did not get rid of the lighthouse painting Mm -hmm. and he is sitting on steed's prior bed Mm-hmm. crying his eyes out and that bawling is what gives me the most hope because it yeah. means that ed is still in there 
Yeah. And I needed to see that because I was pretty devastated because I'm watching this just like Romeo and Juliet. Like, no, no, no. Oh, God, no. Yeah, no. Wait, He's coming wait. back. He's coming back. Don't go too far. Don't yeah. go too far. Yeah. You know, and is is pushing Lucius overboard too far? Like what? And And my only hope is Lucius has to still be alive. Lucius has to show up on that little marooned island. Like they were right there. They were right there. But just like you said, perhaps he clung to the boat and got back in somehow. He has to. He has to. Maybe the barnacle swing was still down there. Listen, I, like I said, I am willing to, 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 to move the, the riots back because um, (laughs) we, we've, we've heard that some actor, one actor in particular will not be a part of the of the of season two but we haven't heard anything from nathan fode fode fog yeah what's his name i don't know okay so but from nathan who plays um lucius so i yeah. can't imagine that they wouldn't just have him do some absolutely ridiculous thing oh it has to be he's right? been living off barnacles he's been on that barnacle swing and he's been yeah. living off the barnacles he's on now. the barnacle swing or he replaced the unicorn <laughs> you know like, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm fine with yes. that, too. Like, whatever. Uh, but it needs to be absolutely out of this world and ridiculous. Like, oh, that is yeah, yeah. all that I expect from this. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's been he's been floating next to it, getting a great tan or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just yeah. something really yeah. stupid. <laughs> absolutely. And then <laughs> Black Pete is going to be like, oh, honey, you look so tanned. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> Hire me. I will be part of your writer's room. <laughs> Yes. And we also saw Steed get run through with a blade and hanged. So, and he's still perfectly well. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you got to show me yeah. him being completely dismembered for me to believe it. Uh, yeah. And, and who was it? It was Roach. Roach. I'm sorry, but the, the injury that Roach would have sustained from uh, Yardies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Like that would have been pretty awful. Yeah. And he was fine. And he was perfectly fine. 100% I even, fine. I even messaged you. I was like, is Roach dead? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like five minutes ahead of you. And because I did the same, I was like, is Roach dead? Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and luckily I was like, no. And I felt, I felt fine telling you no, because they do not deal with it at all. But there you go. And that's kind of why I'm, that's, that's at this point, if it were any other show, I'd be like, oh, Lucius is dead. But being this show, my expectation is that he's not dead and that he has done something ridiculous. Better not subvert that expectation. So the marooned crew is laying there like dying of Mm, uh, with no food and water buttons is looking at the swede and and practically seeing a big old dressed turkey just like in looney tunes (laughs) and roach is behind him on this he's like yeah let's do it let's get him (laughs) i mean he's the the doctor he's the butcher essentially right so he's like oh yeah i can do this meat is meat baby (laughs) yep yep exactly there you go but they're too weak to actually do it um the swede is is has a burst of adrenaline and is able to get away from them. Yeah. But at that moment, Alawande sees Steed's boat in the distance. Yeah. And uh. he's he stands up and gives them this wave. He looks so good. He looks so handsome. He looks so handsome. Yeah. So he's got nothing, but at least they have a way to leave. You know? <gasps> I mean, listen. 
Imagine Ed seeing Steed in that moment. Like, he uh, would just melt. Uh, yeah. He'd be like, hey, hey, hey. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That yeah. is the end. I'm so glad we know there's going to be another season. I don't yeah. think I can handle that. Yeah, it feels really good to kind of to know that because I would be really sad if that's how it ended. Although, like I said, to me, there's hope like in my even if the series were to end here in my own headcanon, it would be like, no, no, they're going to reunite and they're going to be fine. Yeah. yeah, especially having that moment where Ed was crying. So yeah. it's not like he's fully embraced that life. Yeah, exactly. You can tell that it's basically yeah. out of hurt. That he's mm-hmm. embraced it. So. Yeah. Do we have any predictions for next season? I am worried that they're not going to come to a good place until the end of season two. Mm. Yeah. I'm a little worried about that. Um, Fun fact, Blackbeard actually did maroon steed's crew and steal all of his money yes historically yeah 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 Yeah, i remember reading that yeah after they did the act of grace steed was supposed to do something or other and blackbeard actually was like okay you go do that and he ended up kicking the crew off the ship marooning them and stealing his ship and his money so yeah yeah that's that's exactly what happened and then he went and got himself pardoned too that's (laughs) yes yes (laughs) And the thing that Steed was going to do was going going to get his own pardon because he was like, I just I yeah. want to get off. Like, and then Blackbeard was like, Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. I'm not going to follow you though. <laughs> and yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting to note that like historically, things are still falling in line in mm-hmm. small ways, and yeah. so I wonder how much it's going to like historically Steed uh, ends up promising to be a privateer but and promising to never be a pirate again but then goes back on his word but instead of instead of doing it under steed bonnet he changes his name so it's like is that going to happen um i'm just interested to see if season two they are going to get back together in the beginning or if they're Mm going to get back together in the middle of the season or if it be or they're like adversaries now until they get back together at the end so, I'm not sure. Yeah, no, I think that those are really good questions because I think, you know, so much of season one was about Steed's growth and we see mm-hmm. him like it, kind of like what I said, right? Like Steed gets like his uh, moment where he's like, okay, mm-hmm. I am now free. I am going to do like he's now on a path. And it feels really weird to say that about someone who's about to go and do more piracy, but he's on a path of like (laughs) righteousness, (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like, or like he's, he's on a path of like doing the right thing for real this time, not just out of guilt, but out of genuine will to do the right thing and to right the wrongs. The honest thing, maybe not right as far as morality goes and like the law, but like the true and honest thing that's what he's doing yeah there you go so yeah like you said in in historically steed bonnet did take on another name before he was caught again so we'll see because right now they think that he's dead so it would make sense that he would take on another name 
because so much of season one was about Steed, I feel like we need, we're going to need to spend some time in season two talking about Ed. Yeah. Uh, because he, clearly he never really confronted a lot of his own issues. Like they were made easier to deal with because being with Steed was easy, but... Well, it makes you wonder the outward appearance of him embracing his Blackbeard persona and then he's in his chambers crying. Mm -hmm. How often that happened previously. How when he was in the middle of cultivating that persona, how many times he had to go and have emotional outbursts because it's just not who he is, but he's been so hurt. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very good question. So, yeah, I don't know what next season will bring it. They, I mean, we were so halfway spoiled from social media throughout this whole season. And every single time I sat down to watch a new episode, it was nothing like I assumed it would be. So (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) I have no predictions. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess at this point, like, that's the thing. My my prediction is that next season is going to be a lot more Ed-centered. Um, okay. I, w- I would be very happy with that, I think. I think there's a lot of stuff yeah. to, to talk about, especially, like, in terms of his relationship with Izzy. I think yeah. that needs to be talked about a little bit more because he keeps going back to these really toxic men, whether that's Calico uh-huh. Jack or Izzy. So I think that there's a need to talk about that. Yeah. With this, that's who I am. He's trying to say that's who he is. You always knew who I was. Yeah, exactly. That's not who you are, honey. So I think that's my main prediction for season two. Okay. Well, let's head on to the shore for a message in a bottle. This message reads... Something that surprised me about this show is how it's rekindled my love for music. I've started listening to music for fun again thanks to the killer soundtrack, Moondog, Fleetwood Mac, Leonard Cohen, but I've also started playing the piano again, something I used to love, especially some of the classical pieces featured on the show. It's been a rough few years for me personally, but both of these musical perks have been really uplifting in my life. That's so nice. Yeah, and and it's I I love that it's an unexpected effect mm-hmm. of the show. Like it's unexpected to me. It's not something that I would have expected somebody to to experience, but I just yeah. again, I think it shows like how creativity is so important. Like yeah. you were saying. The there I think there's an interview with the musical coordinator of the mm-hmm. show and I really want to watch it and listen to it afterwards because they talk about the selections of the songs. Like the Leonard Cohen song in this episode was amazing. Yeah. Uh, it really just set a wonderful tone uh, yeah. of just bleakness. You know, his. Well, yeah, Leonard I was going to say, voice. if you want to talk about bleak love, who else to go to yeah. but Leonard Cohen? <laughs> honestly. Our, honestly. our dear the- Montrealer. <laughs> so, yeah. And then the Fleetwood Mac song, you know, The Chain. Yeah. Um, I've always loved the Rumors album from Mm -hmm. Fleetwood Mac. And it was something my mom loved. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of associate it pretty heavily with her. 
And yeah, so the the music is so good here. And even the classical pieces, like the piece we have at the in, outro of our show, mm-hmm. what that was used um, whenever Steed and Ed were having really intense moments together yeah. uh, is beautiful. I love picking up that little strain of music and hearing it. It's just, yeah. 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 Honestly, like the first Such time I heard show. it, I was like, oh my God, that's our soundtrack. <laughs> Obviously, it's like their soundtrack that we, you know, but still, I was like, yeah, oh, I love it so much. And what's really, it's really nice to know how much I liked it enough to pick it mm-hmm. when they presented it to me. When Jake presented it to me, I was like, oh yeah, this sounds lovely. Oh, I love this little tune. Yeah. And, you know, come to find out it's their tune (laughs) yeah exactly like what a good what a good decision what a good like creative suggestion from jake thank you jake yeah yeah thank you again jake that was awesome thank you for visiting the gentleman pirates library please do wash your hands before reading who knows what kind of dirt you found out on the deck Please also subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. You can send us a message in a bottle using the link in our show notes and our Twitter bio. Speaking of Twitter, you can find us at Gentleman Pirate. That's the word gentleman, P-I-R and the number eight. We'll be back in the next few weeks with our season recap. I got one for you. Okay. Long ago, when sailing ships ruled the waves, a captain and his crew were in danger of being boarded by a pirate ship. As the crew became frantic, the captain bellowed to his first mate, Bring me my red shirt. The first mate quickly retrieved the captain's red shirt, which the captain put on, and led the crew to battle. Although some casualties occurred amongst the crew, the pirates were repelled. Later that day, the lookout screamed that there were two pirate vessels sending boarding parties. The crew cowered in fear, but the captain, calm as ever, bellowed, Bring me my red shirt! Once again, the battle was on. However, the captain and his crew repelled both boarding parties, though this time more casualties occurred. Weary from the battles, the men sat around on deck that night recounting the day's occurrences. One of the crew members looked at the captain and asked, Sir, why do you call for your red shirt before the battle? And the captain, giving the crew member a look that only a captain can give, said, If I am wounded in battle, the red shirt does not show the wound, and thus you men will continue to fight unafraid. The men sat in silence, marveling at the courage of such a man. As dawn came the next morning, the lookout screamed that there were pirate ships, ten of them, all with boarding parties on their way. The men became silent and looked at the captain, their leader, for his usual command. The captain, calm as ever, bellowed, Bring me my brown pants. (laughs) (laughs) This should 
not be that funny. <laughs> it shouldn't. <laughs> but it is. <laughs> it's a poop joke to end the season. It's a poop joke to end the season. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> we did it. We, we did it, did Katie. It.